0: Buzz, Buzz! Welcome to a fall of well, I guess winter edition of At the Buzzer, a Ralph Report podcast, a Colorado Buffalo podcast. Um, we have all UCU news and needs right here at your fingertips. I am Jack. I'm one of the co-hosts. Over there is Sam, um, another co-host, but not the last co-host today. Oh, and oh, wow. We have uh, another, I don't want to say special guest, because that makes it sound like he isn't on before or after this, but uh, we have a guest today who's special to us, at least, and that's our guy, Jeff, who um, is not in the state of Colorado, and therefore does not have to deal with snow right now. How's it going, Jeff?
2: (laughs) It's going great. I I don't have to deal with 13-degree temperatures, but I still have to deal with, the, the political season that is a week before. So there's right. that.
0: Yep. Everyone vote for sure. We're almost that's, there. Um, sure Carolina too.
2: Yeah. It, that's about the worst part. I mean, you guys have it easy out there here. <laughs> it's just mud back and forth and it just, it just needs to be over. The process is too long. And I mean, a lot of people as we see have already cast their ballots. They already know who they're going to vote for. Just get it over with. Yeah. And and really, let's take it one step further. Let's get everything online. We pay our taxes online. We have our bank account information online. Voting needs to go online. This whole showing up at the polls is so archaic. And I think you guys can probably agree. Uh, this year, I voted in person. It didn't take me but five minutes. But I, I went early in the day. But it's just so archaic. You know, just the entire process. And you have the... the probably close to 20 people who are standing there, mostly elderly people, no offense, but they they just don't, there's just no comprehension level on what the, the process could be. So that's just my two cents. I'll step off my soapbox.
1: Well, well. speaking of fraud and corruption, Jack, you have a minute for me, for us.
0: It's better than my segue. I was going to say, anyways, yeah. So we have... um Some breaking news from the state of Arizona, the Wildcats basketball program received um, nine allegations with with five level one allegations, um, three tied specifically to their program. These allegations include lack of institutional control, which is leveled directly at Sean Miller, and all this is going back to um, the FBI wiretapping case with paying college basketball recruits. Anyways, this has been a long time coming, four years coming, three years coming, and it looks like um, this might be a pretty big thump. Uh, it looks like someone might, uh, Sean Miller's head might actually roll, which is unbelievable in, in today's NCAA environment. So, so so what are the charges? Well, there's, like I said, lack of institutional control against Sean Miller, and I believe there's two other charges related to their lack of cooperation with the investigation. Um, which are both level one. And all of this stems from the fact that they have their former assistant coach, Book Richardson, um, was wiretapped taking money from agents to steer these Arizona kids to these agents um, for their pro careers. So the Arizona side is, you know, this is a rogue. Um, Coach Sean Miller didn't really know about this. You can't punish the current program for a rogue coach's actions, who's no longer with the program. And they're gonna they're gonna appeal <clears> <throat> and fight <throat> and do everything North Carolina did. I don't know if they're gonna be as successful.
2: No, I, I don't. I don't think so whatsoever. It, this was the worst kept secret in pretty much all of college athletics. Uh, you know, Sean Miller, he had the opportunity to come clean. He didn't come clean. And then he fought an entire season, actually two seasons of this not going away. And I mean, make no mistake about it. It's not just Arizona. And even furthermore, it's it's every major program in college basketball has had some type of scandal happen. The only one that hasn't been touched yet, and I say yet, is Duke. Uh, Zion Williamson, the the situation with him and the overbearance of what they're saying is an agent and money that has exchanged hands between Zion's family and this so called agent. I mean, it's out there and coach K is still on the hook. And I think there's a lot. If, if you go into Durham, there's a lot of hesitation with Duke right now.
0: I don't know, man. I feel like if there's one program, and I'm not saying they're clean, but I think if there's one program that can keep Coach K's nose clean or their coach's nose clean in this, it's going to be Duke because that's like the brand. He is the brand of that basketball program. Oh, he's also the brand of USA Basketball when you think about it. Right. So, you know, I – yeah. Anyways, I you know I don't think that Sean Miller has as um, believable of a claim to innocence or ignorance as uh, someone like maybe Coach K does. And regardless, having not known that this was going on is also <laughs> bad. Like <laughs> In the incentivized mind, that's also not okay. So, like I don't think that matters that much for his future and. Frankly, and this is the other thing, Sam. that I think also ties in. I don't know if Arizona fans are going to be that upset if he if he gets fired. Why? Why do you say that? Well, he has yet to even make a Final Four, um, despite well, recruiting at a top ten level at least in the last ten years. They've had teams that should have. You know, they've had one and two seeds that absolutely could have gotten there at least. They and, did
1: the a tournament last year.
0: No, and they, I mean they have more talent than everyone else in the Pac twelve. I, I would okay. say bar none. Maybe Oregon is tied. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but, I mean they also they they filled out their their roster this upcoming season with basically all foreign freshmen, which is quite funny in itself. That the FBI can't investigate. Out there, I was about but. to
0: say that might be the. Uh... <laughs> That might be the reason why he went overseas and got five kids because I'm thinking they don't really have, there's not as much stigma over there. It's way harder to track things over. Like it's different. It's just different recruiting overseas. A little bit easier. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And
2: I, I kind of agree, uh, agree with you. I think that Arizona fans aren't going to be so disappointed for him to leave because he was the snake oil salesman that came in to try to rejuvenate a program that for the longest time had a face. And he, he just really hasn't fit the mold of being the face of that program. I mean, when you look at Lute Olson and what he did and what he established and built at Arizona, I mean, it was very synonymous that his face was the program. Sean Miller, not so much.
1: Yeah. Do you think, I, I have a question. Well, two things. There was an article on the Athletic, and the first comment was, was an Arizona fan saying that if Sean Miller steps down or gets fired, uh, that Arizona should target Greg Marshall or Patrick Chambers, which is just so funny. I just wanted to leave that out there for you guys. And the second thing: Do you think CU had a bagman to get Thomas Akizeli?
0: I don't. No, I don't think bagman exists really in the European sphere the way they do and the like it's so weird in the United States sphere because you get bad actors and you get a lot of people who are just there to hang off of some young kid's talent and that's how they get money that way. But I don't I feel like because the European system is so Aki Azilli was on a professional farm team and then he came to play to CU for two years and then went back to a professional team. It's not as it's just a different culture, I think. Like those kids are way more um they've matured a lot faster with, like, business decisions and figuring out what they're doing. I don't know if you necessarily need to do, like, under-the-table payments or anything with them. I think they kind of – I mean, they already have a salary. Like, a lot of them already have a salary. And Nikolaich, Nikolic, same thing. He was already playing professionally when CU signed him, and when he went back. So, I don't think that for European kids it's the same, like, dirty game. It's a different game, and it can be shady because you're way less trackable over there. But I don't think it's
2: as dirty. It's kind of the same thing that CU does with kickers, though. If you look at CU's kickers that have come from this pro kick in Australia, you know, James Stefano, one of them. You know, these guys who have kind of played the Australian game and then come over here, I don't know. I mean, what, Stefano's 34 this year?
1: Yeah, well, we have another uh, punter named Josh Watts who's like 28. Yeah, he's gonna be good too.
0: Well, I I think what I think Jeff's right. I think a lot of it too is just like these farm teams will form relationships with coaches, and these like I think once those organizations trust you, they're gonna help funnel you more than an AAU coach would potentially. So. You know, I don't. Long story short, I just think it's easier for Sean Miller to go get really good kids in Europe because there's way less, there's way less negative recruiting over there against Arizona. Like, I think there's less people in these kids' ears being like, "Arizona's gonna get sanctions. You're not gonna be able to play in the postseason." Like, there's less of that he has to deal with. Yeah. Anyways, it doesn't matter because I think he's going to get fired pretty quick. And I don't know who they're going to hire. I don't know who Arizona would replace him with. I mean, they can really have their pick of almost anybody. They're probably going to try to throw money at Mark Few because everyone on the West Coast tries to throw money at Mark Few, but he's not going to leave, I don't think.
1: Do you think that they could find someone to actualize their potential? Or do you think they're going to leave a hole where uh, a
0: major program should be? I don't think Sean Miller did that bad of a job. I think there's a definite ceiling he didn't reach with Arizona, but his floor is pretty damn high. Um I think they can find someone who has more variability in ceiling and floor. if they can recruit maybe a step better and like get some I don't know. I don't I yeah, I don't know. That's hard. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any candidates I would want to throw there and say that they would definitely do a better job. I'm I'm blanking right now. Feel free if anyone else has any names. I don't have anyone. I certainly don't. Man.
1: Uh, What else do we have going on on our ledger today?
0: Well, finishing up with college basketball, all these, uh, it looks like FESPN pulled out. Um, almost everyone's going to try or maybe get forced to go to a conference only schedule pretty quick. Um, CU was already backed out of its college basketball, like whatever you want to call that tournament. The I forgot the name, but the um, neutral site tournament. Bahamas. Yeah. They were already backed out. Them and Wisconsin were both. Um, did they back it. out
1: of the, the little apple classic
0: no that's still on and i think that might still be on what happened is espn canceled their 10 events that were they were scheduled to host in orlando in a little mini bubble and um all of that's gone now so a lot of those marquee games against like with gonzaga and champions classic like a lot of that's going to be gone and because of that they might be kicking over to um just conference on the games which would suck because CU did a pretty good job recovering, um, and they definitely want a little bit of an on-ramp before the Pac-12 conference season kicks up.
1: Do you think the, the, the conference-only schedule could favor a team like Colorado who comes back with a ton kind of experience?
0: Maybe early, but Colorado also has a lot of freshmen that are going to be playing serious minutes, and a transfer is going to be playing serious minutes that hasn't ever played a game before with these guys. Yeah, I think
1: they're only really adding one new starter, though. Everybody else is mostly role player.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I think – I don't know if they're – they might have a slower start than last year, at least, because last year is pretty much the same team. Okay, yeah. Anyways, have yeah. I have nothing else on the college basketball side other than um, <laughs> camp started two weeks ago, no positive tests so far. And, um, I don't know. We're like it was McKinley's hearing. birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, McKinley.
2: Yeah, happy, happy birthday, McKinley. McKinley.
0: And I believe it's Mike Pritchard's birthday today. It is oh, Mike, birthday Mike's birthday. birthday today. I shot um, him a
2: text earlier and wished him a happy birthday. And, and there,
0: and there is your transition to football. I'm a
2: pro. Kind of, Kind of crazy with football, how... Here we are. What do we practice? Seventeen, I believe. Uh, sixteen, I think, was today. Six. Okay, sixteen. And I mean, we've we've got a season, or somewhat of a season—a seven-game season—out here on the horizon with UCLA coming into Folsom Field to kick off everything in just a, a mere couple days.
0: Well, what yeah. I mean, on paper, we have days. a season. It, well, I I think we're almost not single, not almost single not single digits. We're almost single digits. What are we at? Eleven days away? Yeah, I think. It's November seventh. Yeah, I mean we're close, man. I don't know. We're I think the last we have one more scrimmage at the CU team is one more scrimmage before the actual game, and that's pretty much all we're gonna see in terms of any on ramp. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's going to creep up like, like Jeff said, but big patch is going to be last. And it was, I was so jealous of all these big 10 teams starting on Saturday. And then I realized soon after when Wisconsin's brand new freshman quarterback, Graham Mertz who kicked ass against Illinois, um, has a positive and will now miss a mandatory three weeks. I soon realized, thank God, is not playing yet, because <laughs> uh, that would kill this team if they're if it's already undecided quarterback,
2: add to miss three weeks. So, I, I've got a question for both of you, and I throw this out here, thinking scenarios. Okay, okay. we know bowl season is, is and will be upon us here very soon. I know that's weird to say with the season just starting. But now that we know that any team can be eligible, and most likely the bowl games that are still going to happen, I mean, they're, they're dwindling very slowly away, slowly away as funding and the coronavirus and concerns are amongst us. What are some dream scenarios that you guys would like to see in a bowl? I have two, one in Nebraska and the other one is CSU I would love to see a Rocky Mountain showdown in Vegas that would be uh, that'd be so crazy to have from both sides just the the travel the fan base everything but I I kick it to you guys what what would be a dream scenario for the buffs and what would you guys like to see now that every team is eligible
1: Sam you go first Well, for one, I don't really know how responsible it is to be going on a bowl game. But if we were to go on one, I, I'm more of a location type of person than a bowl game, so I wouldn't mind, like, going to San Diego. Holiday the Bowl was just canceled, unfortunately.
0: Holiday Bowl
1: was oh. one, of the, one of the casualties. What about the poinsettia bowl? Uh,
0: that was it. That might what still That might still be on. I mean, you could do the Sun Bowl. I think that's in El Paso. I don't want the Sun Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll take a trip to the
1: Bahamas if that's allowed. Bahamas Bowl would be great.
2: (laughs) We're not even Uh, allowed there because you know the entire country's been shut off, or at least the outside world has been shut off to us. Because hey, man,
1: I'm just I'm just waiting until I can leave the country for for grad school. Oh man.
2: Here we are talking about bowl scenarios, and Sam's like, (laughs) fuck out. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Sam's like, I just want a bowl that's in uh, Lebanon so I can actually get over there. (laughs) No, I'm supposed to go to Denmark now. Oh, well, that would be way better. Let's do that. They (laughs) got stadiums.
1: They got stadiums over there. Yeah, let's let's go have a game in the
0: FC Copenhagen Stadium. And what's the team that BJ Beattie plays for? Doesn't he play for – uh European football team? Oh, I thought he was in Japan.
2: Buff Legend. Oh, he might be in Japan. I think he's been in Japan as well for it. Damn. I was close. Can you, can you guys imagine when players are getting paid and, and name and likeness is probably, you know, ten years down the road and and uh, they start holding bowl games in like Dubai? I mean that that seems oh. like a dream scenario right there. That'd be great.
1: Well, I don't think football's very popular in other countries
0: all you need is all you need is 4,000 uh semi-affluent guys to to fly over there and and you got a bowl game that's okay i mean it's it's just it's a dumb sport if you think about it (laughs) that there's the tagline for the podcast
2: (laughs) it's just a dumb sport if you think about it
0: um, oh. I think I want Nebraska, obviously, always. That would be very fun to play them. And I think my second choice would be Michigan State this year because I want oh, a free dude, win.
1: That's a good pick. That's a good
2: pick. Yeah. I, the way they've been playing, and you see what Rutgers did to them just this past week, it may be possible. Rutgers?
1: What was that, Sam? Sam? I, I want Rutgers. I want a bowl win.
0: No, Well, that will Ooh. not be a bull- Dude, Greg Shiano has those kids going.
2: Yeah, Literally, I don't know about that. that. This is the one time in history that you don't want Rutgers. Greg Shiano, man.
0: <laughs> man, what an ass. Okay, he whatever. Is, he is a
2: dick, but uh, somehow that works. <laughs> somehow somehow he, he worked himself into the job in New Jersey that Chris Christie couldn't eat himself out of in <laughs> – it just, it just happened. Man, yeah,
0: I think I want I, – I think Michigan State or Nebraska, I want a Big Ten bottom feeder that's going to sell tickets,
2: and those that's those two at least this year. Wow, shots fired. You know those guys over at the, the Corn Blog, they're not going to like that too much. I And look, they don't I,
0: – I understand because we are a Pac-12 bottom feeder, at least right now, but I get to point at the scoreboard and say, look at that, I get to say what I want. I – I just
2: wish that that game would be more consistent on the schedule every year. And, and maybe, maybe it will take amount of, in, an amount of time. But I, I think you get rid of the Rocky Mountain Showdown and you, you just replace it across the board with Nebraska. Why not?
0: Well, I, I mean, they're pretty much saying what you're trying to – that's pretty much what's happening. I mean, this was supposed to be the last year of the yearly Rocky Mountain Showdown. So uh, it got canceled a year early. So where the uh, the yearly part is done, and the home and homes alternate starting in twenty twenty one. So it's Nebraska home and home, CSU CU home and home, and then I would assume that's going to be something they want to continue going because those are money makers. But all of this to say um, that CU is playing none of those teams this year. They're only playing Pac twelve teams, and we're disgustingly close to the season now, and uh, we're actually getting some real life. Camp news, like actual player camp news, which is uh, sorely needed. And, um, you know, it's hard because they're not in person and it's all over Zoom now. So you get a little bit less context in in, what you're seeing. But uh, there's been some headlines coming out. And I believe actually Jeff and Sam broke a few of those. Not broke, but wrote a few of those.
1: Wrote a few of those. Yeah, we let other people break the news and then we write up what they wrote. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think the big one is that we found out why Antonio Alfano hasn't been playing and it's because yeah. and it's why he wasn't in school earlier in the year is that he's like battling epilepsy and that he can't play until he stops having seizures so that's very scary but uh, right. that's, that's the answer
0: something that absolutely is like it, I believe they call it uncontrolled when you don't necessarily you, you can't regulate it right now and I think that's what's happening so that's definitely not anything to like mess with and mm-hmm. I I mean the really good side like the person side of him it, it sucks that he has to go through that It's I'm glad that he got his classroom stuff taken care of because that was also an issue earlier and well, I'm was glad because that
1: he's go ahead. He couldn't complete his classes because of his health issues
0: well I'm glad that was squared away at least like I'm glad he's not being punished for that um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it's it's literally just like get better, and um, I wouldn't expect him to play for CU this year, but I wasn't really expecting that anyways. And if he does eventually get healthy enough to play football, the football part should be the secondary part to be happy about. Um, and I wouldn't expect him to steal a starting job or anything. So, man, yeah, what a twist! Like this, this guy's transfer story is just insane.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah the drama every detail
2: we had all speculated though what was going on because you we kind of had the scenario where he came to Colorado and then left the, the team he was an original crew of Mel Tucker so right. we kind of thought well maybe that had something to do with it had nothing to do with it and then he came back went to classes and still couldn't get cleared medically we were all kind of asking like, what's the injury? What's the prognosis? What, when can we expect him out on the football field? Now it kind of makes sense as to what's going on. And, and, um, you know, we just hope that he continues to get better and can get this under control. Mm -hmm. And maybe this, maybe this will be the launching pad, if you will, to start having the open conversation about using um, medical marijuana in his situation to try and get some of those seizures under control and to really combat that and knowing that it is legal in the state of Colorado. um, I I don't know if that's something that him or the training staff for, for the Buffaloes have thought about, but just having that there and accessible and maybe something to try and knowing that it has had good success with others who have battled epilepsy just something to think about.
0: Hmm. I mean the yeah the legality is in the question right now. The NCAA doesn't allow it, it. Treats marijuana as a whatever drug they I forgot the destination official, but you, you can't. They test for it, and you will lose eligibility if you are like violating that test. So, I mean, being honest, though, how often
1: do do these local CU athletes fail their drug test?
0: Oh boy. Uh, well, almost every college football <laughs> program is going to let players know ahead of time if they're, if, a, if they're, well, yeah, basically a drug test, drug tests happen. They're rarely a surprise. And I'll, let, I mean, whatever, draw your own conclusions after that. That's basically what I'm going to tell you. So, All right, like, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. With Jason Morrow, where it's like, yeah, you really got to get under control, man.
2: I'll I'll tell you guys this and this is one story that sticks with me um, very unfortunately the late Rashawn Salam told me one time that everyone was partaking in that era Uh, take with that what you will but everyone in that era was partaking and that's why he had such a hard transition from college life into the NFL because they tested
0: harder in the NFL
2: and I'm sure that when you go from being in that environment for so long and living those days when you're going from boulder colorado to chicago illinois the the transition is a little bit rougher just, right. uh, just a little bit
0: i think what you brought up is a good point though this is a legitimate medical use for marijuana epilepsy is i or marijuana has been pretty much pretty well proven to help at least some people with epilepsy and epileptic symptoms and seizures. So I, you know, I don't, I I feel like this would be a pretty good use case to say like there, there is a reason that someone would use this NCAA and this shouldn't be a reason for disqualification from athletic competition. Yeah, I
2: I agree fullheartedly. And I, I think that if, if the training staff isn't looking into this or even I would go as far as, you know, someone who is, on several NCAA panels, including the College Football Playoff and the Name and Likeness Committee, and I'm sure he's part of a handful of others. Is Rick George, the Athletic Director for Colorado, mm-hmm. who can advocate for something like this? You know, it, this is time. This is a time where you have a rare athletic talent in Alfano, who came from Alabama, and, and who knows? Maybe these these same things were happening in Alabama. But you had a coaching staff with Nick Saban who either one was aware of it and didn't care, which I, I – being around Saban a handful of times and, and getting to really have one-on-one interviews with him, I don't think that's the case. I think he's a player's coach, and he's proven that time and time again. Um, we also or don't
1: know when these teasers started. And I right? think the main reason he left Alabama was that his grandma had cancer and passed away.
0: Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's been under a lot of stress. Like, that's a lot of stress a yeah. real quick amount of time. And I don't think that helped.
2: No, absolutely not. But, I mean, we don't know how long – we don't know, one, when he was diagnosed, and, two, how long he's been dealing with this, um, maybe even undiagnosed, just, you know, things that we, we all don't know. We Right. It, it could – he. it might have been since birth, for all we know. I mean, it's – Right. It, all things that uh all things to consider but i think he's in a perfect situation now where if he could get the right treatment he he has that right is at his disposal and you know maybe that's something that they're already thinking about maybe we're just having this hypothetical conversation uh, with them having already tried these things who knows
0: oh ab- i mean absolutely i i don't think there's a better program in the country for general like medical practice for the players than, than CU. Like, there is a legitimate functioning doctor's office in the athletic department, like in the Champion Center. So n- not
2: only not only doctor's office, one of the mo one of the foremost world class athletic training facilities, and I mean it's it's impeccable what they can do there i remember when shea fields broke his leg and they took him right in i mean we had they they were leaking that information into the press box that he broke his leg uh, almost in real time it was it was so crazy
0: well yeah and i yeah i uh, i was lucky enough because i was going to school at the time i did my acl rehab in that pt facility and it's just crazy like, it's it's just wild, the stuff they have in there. Anyways, all this to say, like, I obviously the main thing is get well soon. Like, please don't, like, let this get any any more uh, drawn out. I hope he gets the care he needs. And I hope he gets the uh, time he needs to, like, recover um, because – <laughs> that's – don't ab- – rushing back into a sub-concussive or concussive hit sport seems like the worst possible option here.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree, especially the position he plays. I mean, he's going full speed constantly. It's not like – it's not like he has the luxury of maybe playing in the secondary. I mean, he's right there up front. He has to head contact every single play.
0: Two things in his favor at least. Uh Carl Durrell is the coldest seat in the land. So I you know, it's not like he's gonna try to force kids to play through anything. Um and the other thing is the C defensive line is maybe the deepest unit on the team. So Antonio's play is a nice to have, but it's not necessarily a need to have, which even I mean, that dampens the need or the maybe the urge for coaches to rush him back even more. So I think he's in a pretty nice, soft landing spot for for whatever he needs. Um, I um, think we
1: have some like quarterback talk too out of camp. It seems oh,
0: you were on this lady's like, Zoom, right? Was there a, was there an announcement? Oh, was there hints?
1: No, no, no. There's like there's subtle hints, but it's like 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 Brian Howell phrasing a question, uh, kind of getting at Sam Noyer or Tyler Lytle being the starting
2: quarterback and not Brandon. Complete throwaway, in my opinion. Either one of those guys, especially what you've done with Neuer, to, to bring him back, to put him in the secondary, and then to put him back at quarterback. I mean, whatever. And I, I guess that these guys are seeing stuff that we're not. But I, I think it's a huge miss. And Lido, look, Lido can throw the ball. And for all intents and purposes, Neuer can throw the ball. Uh, proficiently exactly. too. I mean, they're both recruited as quarterbacks, but just knowing w- what you have waiting in the wings, you got to think that CU would capitalize on that. And and it's kind of sink or swim. And in this seven game season, it's okay to throw things away. You know, it, it's okay to have this year as growth and maturity and the rebuild season, you know, and maybe this should be the theme for CU instead of going out there to compete with a Tyler Lytle who may not even start next year, you know, it's, I, I just think that there's so much on the line for growth and progress to have that scenario not, not come up. It, it's astonishing to me. I,
0: oh man, I don't know if I want to say it's, it's a total waste, especially because Lytle, I mean, this is a throwaway eligibility year anyways. So potentially I guess then we could come back again and Lytle definitely would come back again I don't oh man it, it, the thing that worries me is if there's no clear separation between those two right now um and it's easy for me to say because I'm not trying to win the most games possible like I'm sure coaches are but like if Lytle and haven't separated why not just take the young guys lumps like why not just go with the freshman and just say like yeah these guys didn't there was no one that definitively took control. So you get to make the most mistakes. And if you make enough mistakes where we have to pull you, that's fine. But you get the chance to make mistakes.
2: So here, I'll, I'll elaborate on a, a question on what you just said. Think about the four-game rule that was established last year in the NCAA, mm-hmm. where you could play a guy up to four games and still keep full eligibility. If I'm Carl Durrell, am I sitting back thinking, do I play my guys three solid games, which would at that point be almost half a season, and treat it like a practice, knowing that this is kind of a throwaway year to begin with? I mean, if if I'm thinking long-term, and I know these guys are staying, uh, probably short of maybe Katie Nixon and one or two others, uh, I think... Give or take, you know, Katie's gone to the NFL. I think he he should have been gone this past season, but I, I think he came back just in the nick of time of coronavirus. But mm-hmm. I, I think that you you use that to your advantage. And if you tell these guys, look, we're going to play you three games in rotation, so that way we're going to keep you all eligible for one more season, And what do you have to lose at that point?
1: Oh, that's a good point.
2: Cause then you're looking ahead to, to 2021 with a little bit more clear focus to say, okay, we practiced at real game speed and had these guys out for three games each and w- really worked the rules to our advantage. And I think that that would be a brilliant plan all the way around. So that way you're, you're preserving your guys. And yes, that, seventh game still hangs in the balance but I think you use that seventh game because I I don't think that it's going to be in the Pac-12 championship stranger things have happened Washington um but you you look ahead and say well we do have third string guys that we can throw in there and split time accordingly and and that's something If I'm Darrell and I'm looking at this as wanting to keep my guys on or the bulk of my guys on in 2021 without killing a year of eligibility, that's what should happen. And I don't think that's a conversation that isn't happening across America right now.
0: I think there's going to be a pretty interesting thing based off what you just said, where two years from now, we really figure out like which coaches use this time the best I don't know if we're gonna figure that out this year or even next year, but there's gonna be like a team two years from now that just has crazy stupid depth and like for some reason just can't lose. And we're gonna figure out it's because this coach looked at looked at the calendar and looked at what he could be doing with eligibility and just said like, "All right, we're just gonna we're just gonna get everyone to playing who couldn't otherwise play in any other year. We're gonna get them all to play."
2: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I- I, I think you're right on that. And really, the Pac-12 has an advantage because there's no other major conference in college football right now with as few games as they do. So the the seven-game schedule, may that may be a saving grace for a lot of schools if they're really thinking about this wisely and how they can use that eligibility rule to their favor.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a time to be a first-year head coach, especially when you haven't been in college football for about 10 years. So
2: we'll see. So what, what do you guys think? I mean, Darrell's first year, what what are the expectations and how high do you think the ceiling goes for him? Well, for me, uh, the lowest
0: expectations, but I really am. If, if anything happens this year, that's, that's positive. That's going to be good because he is. this is the worst possible situation. The, the win total is about one and a half in Vegas for, for seven games. And if he goes above that, wow, that's a good job. I think it's a good job. So expectations are low.
1: <laughs> I'm just looking for positive growth.
0: Yep, I, I want like Dave Landman to stay injury-free and get his check. I want Mustafa Johnson to stay injury-free and get his check in the NFL. Same for KD. I want these seniors to get shuffled off correctly.
2: Um, and there you go. So out of, out of these out of the six games that are on the schedule currently and with the seventh coming, what do you see as a win? What do you see as a loss? Oh,
0: Arizona should be a win. At yeah, Arizona, I, th- that, I think that's a I think oh, I think this scheduling uh, it's, uh looking at CU and circling the same game saying that's the win. <laughs>
1: that's well a, we'll
0: find out. Yeah.
2: It's it's an interesting schedule from a timing standpoint, because well, you know, we're talking about end of the year and really what could happen is uh, it it could be way out there. I mean, we talk about the UCLA game. Being a five o'clock start, that's that's a November seventh game at Folsom in the dark. That's going to be cold, and yeah, that mean, could be a win. It could be. You know, you're you're absolutely right. You're you're catching UCLA at a very pivotal time in their program, where I mean, you you want to talk about how cold that seat is for Durrell. I mean, for Chip Kelly, that that seat's pretty hot. I mean, it's been scorching since last year, and I'm very surprised that they've kind of rode this out.
1: As far as the feeling goes with like Durrell and his like future at CU, I just generally think that he's just kind of there to keep steady. I don't, I don't really see him as much of a high, high ceiling type of coach like Mel Tucker was, for instance. Um, but he's, yeah.
0: Well, I—I I mean, we said it when he was hired, man. Like, we pretty much hopefully know what Carl Durrell's is going to do, and if what he did at UCLA, which was five straight years of bowl games, one really good year, no no floor falls out bad years. If he can do that at CU, that's going to be like the most <laughs> successful coaching tenure since, since Gary Barnett, maybe, and even Gary Barnett. I don't know if I guess he, yeah, he, he didn't hit that bar. So like. Yeah, that'll be just fine. And yeah, I would, I
1: would be more than fine with Steady, just Steady.
0: I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, he doesn't have the recruiting potential that Tucker did. He doesn't have the high win total potential that Tucker did, but um, he also won't leave like Tucker did. So <laughs> you know, there I'd you go with a little less upside. Well, God, we can hope. Man, we can hope. Oh, uh, is a legend. Um. All right. Is there any other camp news we need to percolate on before before we sign off here?
1: The defensive back situation is a mess. I don't oh, know who's
0: going to play. Good plug. Play Great plug, Sam. What? He's in preview time is starting, and uh, I just wrote about <laughs> twelve hundred words about defensive backs. Um, I think we do know at least one guy who looks like he's he's charging towards a starting job. Someone that yeah. I think actually everyone on this podcast called when he first signed, and that was Christian Gonzalez, the the true freshman from, from Texas. That's cause he's good. Yeah, it's because he's really good, exactly. <laughs> he, he, uh, yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> To me, he's still a natural. He's still a natural safety, I think. But man, if he can start at cornerback, as a true freshman. You put him there. That's totally fine. Uh, and he's been running with the ones, is what it sounds like. I would. I think KJ Chuhio, uh or Makai Blackman is going to be on the other side. I, I honestly am pretty okay with KJ Trujillo at this point in his career. So, if like that's, yeah, I I um, think he's just fine. Dem- Demetrius Martin on the
1: press conference today. He said. Somebody asked him why we're not hearing anything about Makai Blackman, and he said that's because he's, he's he's hanging in there. He's playing solid. He's not getting beat on all these scores. so That should be good news, not hearing it. Who said that? Uh, Martin.
0: Okay, Demetrius Martin, yeah.
2: Kind of interesting when you look at the depth chart, though, and this was one of the things that stuck out to me. You got uh, Tariq Luckett there at, yeah. at cornerback mm-hmm. and was recruited as a wide receiver. So he Coming in as a converted, but um it, i if I believe this to be correct he he was a little undersized uh weight wise he came in at six two and I think he was a hundred and eighty five pound receiver so I'm hoping that that uh, his work at CU has kind of pushed him ahead, but not not a overly recruited guy, but to have him there in the fold with with what's going on I'd I think that that uh, being that you're, you're of course going to have him as a reserve, but uh, you got to think that the other side, Chris Miller is going to give a little bit of run to this conversation too. And my guy, Mark Perry is uh, from what I've been told the buff backer position. So he's going to split time up close to the line as well as um, back at safety in that hybrid role. I think that that's good for him and knowing the intensity that he brings I think that's a perfect position for for him on this defense
1: yeah I think I think Perry was always going to be the most natural fit for that like the star position or the busbacker, the Davion Taylor rule uh whereas like Darian Rakestraw was supposed to be the other safety and I, I think it sounds like like Chris Miller might be the most likely to be the other safety so far but I'm not really sure I don't think anybody's sure right now
2: Yeah, overall, when you look at their defense, they've they've got some good returning talent on this defense with Mustafa Johnson, uh, Jalen Sammy, Terrence Lang, uh, like you said, Nate Landman, Carson Wells, uh, Darian Rakestraw, as well as uh, KJ Trujillo. Um, I mean, you can't go wrong with the production that they've put out there, but then you add guys like Mark Perry in there and uh, Jeremiah Doss, i'm really excited to see what he can do uh, backing up mustafa johnson at that defensive end position i I just i just think that this is going to be one of those type of seasons where we're going to find out what this buffs team is made of um even even if it is just a trial run of sorts you know we're we're really going to see but i i think that the biggest question mark out of all this who's the starting quarterback that's just the – that's going to be the conversation until Carl Durrell names who starts, and I don't even know if that happens. I think we may find out in the opening series against UCLA.
1: Yeah, I don't think we've had a quarterback debate like this since Sethos' freshman year when he burned <laughs> his pressure because the quarterbacks were so bad.
0: Connor Wood?
1: Yeah, Connor Wood.
2: And before that, you have to go back to Tyler Hansen versus Cody Hawkins. Well, we all know who was going to – come on. That wasn't even a discussion. You had, you had <laughs> Dan Hawkins. Dan Hawkins is not bringing his son to Boulder just to leave him out to dry as a backup. We don't
1: have it's... to rehash how much better Tyler Hansen was. <laughs> <but it's... laughs>
0: I mean, we going way back, 2001, Craig Oaks and uh, Bobby, Bobby Pescevano, man. Yeah. That Bobby Pestavano was solid, but Craig Oaks had some pretty crazy talent, and then he basically gets knocked out in that Fresno State game, and turns out the best quarterback was the backup. I don't know if we're going to get an answer that we're accepting, like that Mm -hmm. we accept until maybe two or three games into the season, which is like worst-case scenario. But I don't – it sounds like no one's taking control, which is – you know, I'm not as confident enough in the depth to say it's a good thing. That everyone's playing no, no, so not, well that no one uh, has a handle on the starting job. I think it's more, yeah. I, I it, boy, it's gonna we're gonna run the ball a lot. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of ball running.
2: But who uh, ultimately? I mean, let's let's be honest. Who do you think that decision is gonna come down to? Is it gonna be Darrell or is it gonna be Shaverini who pulls the trigger and says okay? Or it, is it Lansdorf? Or no, it's Darrell. I, I, it's it Darrell. Ah, see, and then then I question it because if if he's looking at these two and saying that they're competing at the an equal level, then that signals to me that it I don't know I I don't know it just it, it just doesn't make sense to me how you you have a guy in Mel Tucker who thought that Sam Noyer was and belonged as a safety and you bring him back as a quarterback, it just, I don't know, maybe, maybe these two see something differently, but I, I would just say that with what Mel Tucker did in talent evaluation, there was a lot there that, and there was a lot of players that left because he thought that they just weren't good enough to be playing division one football. And that that was, that's no knock on some of the talent that came through Boulder. It was just, it was what it was. And, Holdovers from what McIntyre had left with. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see how twenty twenty shakes out as we've now gone through, and we're getting ready for this season.
0: God, we're so close. We are so <laughs> close, <laughs> fellas. Um, well, I, I think I'm out of. I think I'm out of words. Sam, are you done?
2: I'm done. Jeff, are you done? I think I'm done. I I uh, appreciate your guys' time greatly, and um, I think that as a collective, we it would we'd be very remiss if we didn't tell everyone. You know, we are almost a week away from the general election, our election night here in the United States, and we. Uh, I, we don't really care who you vote for. It's not I our do. prerogative, but I mean, we, we have our own opinions and I know that a lot of our opinions are the same. And just cause I've known these guys for years, but I, I can honestly say if you're part of this democracy, if you care about this, this country and the future of this country and the direction that it needs to go vote. That's all I'm going to say, just go out, vote, exercise your rights and make sure that you, that you bring friends and let them know how important, you know, you're not just voting for the next four years or Trump, Biden. I mean, it's not, it's not what you're voting for in this process. You're voting for, as we're seeing the process now, Supreme Court nominations. You're voting for kids' futures, education, health care, things that matter to people other than just a figurehead in an office. So, please. If you do anything, vote. And I know, uh, as you guys are saying, mail-in ballots are – the deadline is today in Colorado, but you can still vote on Election Day and you know, exercise your right and go out there and just do it.
0: All I'm saying is if you get in the voting habit yeah. now, if enough of you get into the voting habit now, there will be a point where we can vote in Colorado to make sure that Colorado football has to win nine games a year we can put that on the ballot wait hold on no
2: nope. explain
0: this nope. to me no, no no questions no no questions no no, no 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 i
2: i did not i i will have to sound ignorant on this one what
0: <laughs> here's all i'm saying we what, what have on, power a, a democracy oh, means okay. people have power on. <laughs> <laughs> hold on hold on what, what's on the ballot nothing's on the ba- oh no nothing's on the ballot now i'm oh. saying you get in the habit now so later we can make that on the ballot. oh okay, and,
2: now well, I'm done. and now i'm done okay yeah then, then see you you would never be a politician you you would just throw stuff in there okay you'd be crush like my dreams. see see you has to win nine games or the stadium gets turned over to the people and that's a
0: winning message okay you know what no no no, no. i'm not gonna accept <laughs> this slander that's a winning all right, message all right, guys. see ya kept the recording Bus.
2: Buffs!